Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, Episode 19. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hostler. Hi, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter. My name is Christy Hostler. I'm your host today, and I have a very exciting guest. He makes some beautiful, beautiful finished products. Today, we have with us Brian Snyder. He's the owner of Deck Builders. Now, Deck Builders is a company located in Huntsville, Alabama, and they build all sorts of custom decks, outdoor structures, pergolas, really anything you could imagine that would just make a beautiful outdoor living space in your backyard. So he's got quite a portfolio. He does fantastic work and has excellent, excellent reviews online. So we are so excited to have you today, Brian. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Excellent. Now, I've given a little bit, just a very brief overview of kind of what your company does, and um, we'll also link up to everything in the show notes so people can actually see your website and what you do. But get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself, your uh, personal and professional history, and anything Mm -hmm. you think we need to know to get to know you a little bit better. Right. Well, I I do have kind of a varied background, and uh, I'm not probably typical for being in the deck construction business. I actually have a degree from the University of Alabama in advertising. Roll Tide. Yeah, Roll Tide. <laughs> uh, we've, had, we've had a good little run, I'll tell you. But, uh, you know, in advertising and public relations, and so uh, I did pursue uh, that career uh, for several years, helped start a little weekly newspaper straight out of college and did that for oh, a couple wow. of years. And then... Uh, I went to work for a large natural gas utility in uh, Alabama as public relations uh, person and, and was the manager of that department when I left. And But in 1996, I had uh, become a Christian and had gotten interested in uh, just not being so confined to a desk, wanted to be out where I could pursue other interests. And mm-hmm. so I, I just walked off from a very good job and really had no visible means of support. And wow. wasn't sure what I was going to do next, really. And um, and I, I was doing a few odd jobs and whatnot, and, and I had a background in construction being raised in the building business with my dad. My dad was a home builder, and, of course, we, we were carrying two-by-fours for him, you know, as, as soon as we were big enough to carry them. And so we were <laughs> – it's uh, myself and three other brothers – we're all oh, two wow. years. We're all two years apart, and very close, and and we were all kind of raised in that building business. So when I walked off from a, like say, a public relations job uh, in 1996, I kind of got drawn back into building. I built a deck for somebody. And I thought, hey, this is pretty good. You know, it's uh, you can do it quick, and and uh, pays pretty well, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I I just started kind of promoting that, and within a year or two, I had a business going. And it's just wow. really, you know, it's really expanded from that. But uh, I, I love being out on my own. I love working for myself. And, you know, so it's just been great. So it really started as sort of a side job, a side thing where you yeah. were just doing it by yourself. Yeah, uh, really. Uh, like I say, I, having been raised in the building business, that's the last thing I thought I would ever want to do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'm going to college, so I don't have to build. I don't, you know. Exactly. And, yeah. and 
and then it's just kind of turned around and that's what I'm doing. So that's interesting. Now, when you left that, you know, golden handcuff kind of job mm-hmm. you were talking about, mm-hmm. did did you know then that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or did you just think you would look for something else working for someone else? I, I did not know what I was going to do. I didn't, I didn't have in mind necessarily starting a business or anything like that. Like I say, I just wanted uh, more freedom. I was uh, helping a missionary friend and, uh, you know, and I just, I, I just knew I had to get out of that, uh, job mm-hmm. and but what I was going to do from there and I just really feel like the Lord's opened doors for me and uh I, I believe that very strongly that this is yeah. a, uh, just a providential situation so wow now you must have had some fairly large fears whenever you left the security of the regular paycheck to go to the insecurity of not yes. knowing <laughs> what you wanted to do can you tell us what your biggest fears were well, you know, really, that was the only. I mean, I was confident that that I was doing the right thing, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's there's that. Uh, well, for one thing, I had just built a house uh, prior to uh, leaving that job, uh-huh. and and I had a mortgage, and I oh. I thought, you know, well, I'm going to have to sell my house. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't have to sell my house. Uh, I made oh, enough, wow. you know, I was able to stir up enough work just very quickly. Just, it was, it was definitely hand to mouth for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. but you know, I've been out on my own now, walked away from a good job. I've not had a job in 16, 17 years, you know, wow. and, and I've never yeah. missed a, never missed a mortgage payment, never missed a meal. And, wow. uh, so that's, you know, that's been great. Uh, it's been just, a it's a lot of freedom, and, and I really yeah. enjoy that. Well, and when you have that that path that you've taken validated by mm-hmm. the the doors that open up and that right. sort of thing, it is you know it is even though you don't always see the end of the path, it's mm-hmm. good to at least know your next step is taken care of. So That's right. Yep. I know it's a little bit scary with all that though. Now, did you have any kind of a business coach or mentor or anything when you started out or over the course of your business life? Have you had anyone like that? Well, believe it or not, my youngest brother, and I think you've interviewed him, Alan. Uh, yes. With We yeah. Junk. Alan's got a great business sense. And uh-huh. and I I get a lot of ideas from him. I get a lot of encouragement from him. He's uh he wow. he plays uh, he operates in a little bit bigger sphere I think than I do as far as what he's willing to take on. I'm a little bit tentative, uh, mm-hmm. but you know he he'll go right out and just buy advertising and stuff and say you know I'm going to start this thing and I'm going to go buy advertising and and he'll just you know leap right out there where I have to right. make make sure that this is something that I can sell, you know. Uh-huh. So he he uh I get a lot of uh a lot of my philosophy I guess from my youngest brother, so Wow, well that's great. In you know, that respect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the interesting thing is though even, you know, seeing children that are raised in families that that own a family business like your dad did with the right. building the houses, it just gives you, for some reason, a, an edge on everyone else that mm-hmm. is raised in 
a family that has the traditional job where, you know, the parents have the traditional jobs where they go to work and get the paychecks. And, you know, I was always raised that you go to college and you get a good education and you get out and you work for a company for 35 years or 40 years and then you retire. And it doesn't work that way anymore. You know, but it's, uh, it's yeah, perceived different. I was going to say it's just perceived differently when you have that family business mm-hmm. where risk is inerrant, but at the same time, hard work is what you learn and it's what feeds you. That's right. And, you know, you were asking about mentors. Of course, my dad would be uh, the main one. Uh, my dad was pretty fearless. Uh, you know, I always marveled at him just being able to not have a job really, right. like you're talking about, not uh-huh. have, have anything regular, because he had to sell a house, and then he had to build the house, and then he had to get paid, Yeah. And so that's all, you, there's no guarantee in any of that, and when he, when the, um, when Jimmy Carter became president, and the country was in such a, mm-hmm. you know, the interest rates were through the roof and whatnot, oh, yeah. he, did, he didn't do any building for about three years, he sat in front of the fireplace. Wow. He had a little bit of rental property is the only way we survived at all. But, you know, you're not guaranteed anything. And I I have friends today that look at me and I think are somewhat envious. And, they, and they're always, uh, a couple of them particularly, are kind of always testing the water. So, you know, what what would it be like if I did, you know, walked off uh-huh. from my job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they like the idea, but I'm, it's hard to let it go. It is, and that, you know, the fear of what if or, you know, how am I going to pay the bills? And I'll be honest with you. You know, I talk to a lot of people that are in the same situation you were or that, you know, just left something that kind of leaves a lot of people scratching their heads saying, why would you leave a good job? No one does that. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, you know, in five or however many years down the road after they make that change, they look back and they say, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm so glad I did that. I wish I had done it sooner and not wasted so much time. I mean, there's very few that will actually say, I never should have done that. I should have stayed at that job. I can certainly echo those that say it's the best thing I ever did. I wish I'd done it sooner. However, there were things that that I learned at that company that I could have yeah. never learned working on my own. Uh, they You're had res- absolutely right. Yeah, they had resources, and uh, I would have never believed I could do public speaking. Well, I was forced mm-hmm. to do public speaking because I was the, <laughs> I was the PR guy, and I had to get on TV right. and whatnot. And and so that really helped me, uh, do, you know, learn to do that and to get over that. And, and so I'm very glad for the experiences I had there, but uh, glad I did this too. Well, and you know, it gives you that each each part or each stop off on the journey gives you a skill set or gives you something, even if it's just a negative lesson, a lesson on how not to do something. Um, you can learn from all of those waypoints along the way, but it doesn't mean you have to stay there. You know, take it and learn. So I, I love that you you were, even though you might consider yourself a little bit tentative with taking risk, mm-hmm. clearly you knew when you were in a soul-sucking job that you had to get out, yes. <laughs> you, yes. you know, and you said, I've got to got to make a change. And, and you know what? There are so many people right now that are in that same situation. They're in jobs they hate. They feel like they're mm-hmm. trading their life for something that really doesn't matter, you know. Well, and it's well just... I, I do agree with you. There are people like that, but I, I will have to correct this. I was not in a job that I hated. I loved my job, and that's, yeah. that really was the crazy part. 
and I left the company on great terms, and I really had mixed emotions about leaving. But I do know uh, I, I couldn't have stood in stood you know being in a job that long that I didn't have yeah. didn't didn't like at all. So yeah, right. Well, and that's the the other part is is there there are you know plenty of people that know that there's something bigger out there for mm-hmm. them than what they're doing. It's not it's not that you have to hate your job, but it definitely right. um, once you do it for for long enough that you feel like you're giving up what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. That's whenever you come and become conflicted with all of the the internal emotions, and it's that's a tough tough thing to break away and finally say this is the date I'm out of there. So right. uh, hats off to you for doing. Doing that and look look what's happened since. So that's a, a great testament to going ahead and getting out of your comfort zone enough to mm-hmm. go ahead and make the rest of your life happen. Now we don't d- necessarily like to focus on negative things, but at the same time, if you're like most business owners, you've had failures or lessons you've learned along the way from things that haven't been quite so successful. So is there any failures that you've had that maybe another business owner could learn from? Well, I think that was what I've already talked about with me, just the tentativeness and the uh, unwillingness to really step out and and do some things earlier on. I, I feel certain my business could be a lot bigger than it is today, and mm-hmm. I've been, had I been willing to really get out there, um, and, you know, if, I've not wanted to do any borrowing, really, or anything mm-hmm. like that, just go... Mm-hmm build as the company sustained itself and Uh you know there's probably a good bit of good bit to say for that you know that that Mm -hmm. you won't ever get in any trouble that way for sure right a lot of of people have hurt themselves by overextending uh in fact my brother and i both talk all the time about you see these guys that are in the building business and they're driving around and fifty and sixty thousand dollar trucks and i know what i know what i make (laughs) <laughs> and I'm, you know, I'm just not doing that. I, yeah, we just, we yeah. just don't, we don't. Either one of us operate our businesses that way. We're, we're a lot more conservative. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, um, so anyway, but I, I think being a little bit tentative has hurt mm-hmm. me. Uh, and that would be the biggest thing that I think I, if I could go back, I would tell myself, hey, there's a, you know, uh, you're going to make it. Go for it. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, it's always easier to see that in hindsight than it it is. when you're stepping out to take that big risk. But but back to what you said about um, overextending yourself. You know, um, at this point now, I've talked to you know scores of different business owners just in the course of doing this podcast, and so many of them echo that same thing. Now, sometimes they've gotten to that point because they've gone through a situation where they've lost everything. Right. And now they say, I will never again be in that situation where I have everything I own at, or everything that I love at risk. Mm-hmm. And um, never, I think the last guy I talked to says, if you don't have it, don't spend it. That's yeah. just as simple as that. Best business yeah. advice that you'll ever get. So I definitely agree with that. Now, right now, um, with deck builders and with what you're doing um, for building decks and all that. I know it's probably pretty seasonal and this probably year has been a little more challenging than the rest of them, but what type of marketing strategies do you normally employ that are working for you right now? Well, we live in a fantastic age and and especially for somebody with a small business because Mm -hmm. we we live in the age of Google and we live in the age of, um, Angie's List mm-hmm. and and e 
email and all these things. And uh, Google has so dramatically changed uh, my business and how easy it is to get your name out in any market. Uh, it used to be so expensive. I was in a lot larger city when I first, I was in Birmingham when I started this uh, company. And mm-hmm. it's three or four times larger than this market. And, uh, you know, and in, and that was only 10 years ago. But, the, wow. but, but Google was not, you know. Uh, right, uh, it wasn't prevalent. No, it was, that wasn't a reality then. And so to be in the Yellow Pages in three or four different Yellow Pages books to cover that city and to buy newspaper advertising and all this was thousands, thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah if, you, mm. if you were going to have any real presence. And today it's the cost of a click. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's changed everything. And that's what, what I'm relying on is mm-hmm. the Internet. And, and then just the last couple of years, Angie's List has really – made my business that angie's list is only going to work for you if you do a good job right uh, right you know uh, one of my competitors i have like 20 a reviews or something on angie's list one of my competitors Uh has three d's and an f and oh gosh (laughs) wow that's a gift right there (laughs) yeah so you know but but to if you do a good job then that testimonial uh is is solid gold uh, somebody yeah. else that's done business with you, and they can say this person does a good job. So, really, all of my marketing, the bulk of it is, um, you know, just online. Well, and I guess you know the the one thing you you have in a unique situation. What you build is in most installments it's probably a non a non-essential part of a house you know it's there for recreation or right. you know decoration and that sort of thing so i'm sure that the economy will have a lot to do with you know how much your business grows but at the same time you know when you look at the pictures on your website of those decks anybody that would go over to a friend's house that had and, and enjoy a meal or mm-hmm. spending time out on one of those decks has got to ask, what in the world? Who built this? Because mm-hmm. this is this is an awesome space, you know. Right. And so I can imagine that you get a lot of word of mouth referrals just because you've got people enjoying that space all the time. So it's kind of like you're you're constantly present with them because they're every time they use that deck or cook a meal on their outdoor kitchen or have people over or you know use the hot tub or the pool, and they're reminded of of the the quality of work you did. Yeah. And so um, I know it's being right there in front of your customers all the time is probably drives a lot of word of mouth type things. We, we do get a lot of word of mouth. And of course, we're grateful to any customer that'll They'll say good stuff about us. So. Absolutely, and I will also tell you that in your <laughs> service type industry, that that is in this out, uh, home home improvement type uh, category, um, it's uh, there's a lot of shady characters out there, and I don't mean to color your industry at, at all, but but whenever you do a good job and have a good online reputation, you are miles ahead from the get go of any of your competitors well we uh that is one thing that i really think sets us apart is uh the people that i have working for me are people who really most of them have no experience in building we've taken them and trained them Mm -hmm. and they're they're uh the 
antithesis of what you typically see in the building. And if you read our ah. reviews online, that's the the one thing they always talk about is the crew. Our crew was yeah. nice and, and respectful and, and said thank you and please and mm-hmm. cleaned up, you know. And they're not uh, rough-looking scalawags, you know. That right, typical right. In the typical building construction. Business. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That That is definitely a differentiator mm-hmm. with that. And now, um, in talking about your, your actual business and that sort of thing, um, can we talk a little bit about kind of how you have it set up? Because with your... Um, with your product, you have a certain amount of materials cost, and then you mm-hmm. have a certain amount of labor cost, you know, built into right. that, which all all goes into your pricing. And I am sure that it, there's a little bit of a learning curve on knowing how to quote things or how to price things so that you don't lose money on those. Is there any kind of a formula or any foolproof method that you found out to kind of help you with that so you don't end up with jobs that are sinking the ship, so to speak? Well, let me just say, my what I build is a simple, simple thing, mm-hmm. uh, a, a deck, compared to even, say, a remodel job or a room addition, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I've, done a, I've done a little bit of all that, and you can very quickly uh, get the money can run away from you real quick in a remodel type job where where mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't factor in this thing and that thing and these little subtle things that really uh, eat away at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What I, I've been doing this long enough that I can look at a job. I don't even have to put pen to paper. I can tell you about what it's going to cost, mm-hmm. and and I know about what I'm going to get out of that and mm-hmm. about what it's going. You know, so I'm, my numbers at this point are. They're easy for me, and, I, and, I, so and you, I don't. I really don't have to have a a, a real serious accounting on the kinds mm-hmm. of jobs we do, uh, because they are pretty simple. My, you know, I, it's it comes down to this. I do sometimes on a larger job. I'll get the material costs, but then mm-hmm. I'm going to know it's going to take three or four or five days to build, uh-huh. and so and so that's you know I, I know about what it's going to cost me a day. So. So let me ask you this. Do you have – I know that you'll do you, – you, pretty much if somebody had a picture of something from a magazine and they brought mm-hmm. it to you, you you could build it. But apart from that, do you kind of have some set uh, styles or, or layouts that you do that you um, have been able to gain efficiencies on and even, um, you know, get where you do enough of the same thing over and over again that, that it actually um, – becomes easier to do those than some of the other ones yeah well that that really just kind of applies to the whole idea of a deck because Uh and this is what i think our my website has gone up uh consistently consistently in the types of jobs i have out there you want to put your best work on a website right yeah absolutely i think i'm losing business actually uh from a lot of people who look at my website and go ah he's He's going to be too high, you know. Too high end. Right. and I, But I'm not because we are efficient and we can do mm-hmm. the job efficiently and we only do decks. I can mm-hmm. build a deck very competitive with anyone out there, um, okay. which doesn't really kind of answer the question. But what I was going to say is when because we are our tools are very specific to building mm-hmm. decks, we have found the tools that work for us and our our skills are all just around building decks. So any deck, no matter what the configuration, 
Mm-hmm. We just we're just so fast at it uh, mm-hmm. because we all everybody gets out of the truck pretty well, you know, knowing what they need to do and going in in you know, and everybody's kind of interchangeable. So, uh, it's, so it's, it's a it's, real well oiled machine. So the method is pretty much the same regardless right. of what the layout or that's the plan right. is for the deck. Okay. Yeah. yeah that, that, well, that just because so you all, the posts are just about always the same, the rails just about always the same, the flooring's just about always the same no matter what the what the floor shape is. Right. Well, that makes sense and that mm-hmm. kind of gives gives a better idea for, you know, how you would if you were trying to get into business like the like this, yeah. the the variables or the the things that are going to be constants on there and right. and getting good at estimating your pricing. I mean, I'm sure everyone's going to have to have those jobs where you have an expensive lesson, but then you've learned that yes. lesson for the next 10 or 15 years down the road uh-huh. cuz you'll never forget losing that amount of money. So Yeah, I got I'm an sure expensive it, lesson one time and I'm never going to tear out another bamboo patch as long as I live. <laughs> yeah, that, I thought it, I thought it would be easy. <laughs> Tore up a lawnmower, a chainsaw, and every other thing I had trying to get that thing out of there. Wow, that and now you know, bamboo is know. not to be messed with. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's funny. Now, and as far as your business goes, we talked about marketing and, and how you use the internet and that sort of thing. Um, I, I can imagine your market for getting repeat customers might be a little bit different than a lot of businesses simply because it probably is a large investment that somebody might be making in a deck. Do you um, have anything that you do? I mean, do you get much repeat business or what do you Actually, do to try I to do, catch for that? I do get repeat business, uh, not a lot because of, like mm-hmm. you say, when I build somebody something, it's going to live 15 or 20 years usually. Yeah. The only repeat business I'm going to get is somebody who, like one guy I built three decks for, but he had a deck at his house, and then he had a deck at his lake house, and then he had another deck at his lake house, and so I get mm-hmm. that kind of repeat business. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, usually. Or I would imagine you might get some of the phase one, phase two type, mm-hmm. uh, you know, repeat businesses, right. but it's not, you know, significant um, when you get those jobs, but at the same time, you you know, not a lot you can do to market a deck to somebody that already has the right. the deck out there, you know. So I can imagine that. I, I get a lot of repeats from uh, working for the family members of other people. I, you know, like I built a gotcha. deck for a daughter this year, and then her mother called me a month later. She wanted a deck, so I gotcha. Yeah, and that's that's fantastic yeah. because you know they were over there and enjoyed it, and we're mm-hmm. like, I've got to get me one of these because this, you know, the, for some reason when you can increase your outdoor living space, your house just gets bigger. You know, whenever well, you can do that. And and what has happened in the just since really since I've been in the deck business, uh, outdoor living as a market category has exploded, and and You're now right. now I, we just got back from. I've been to the Deck Builders Convention, if you can imagine wow. there's such a thing, yeah. <laughs> three, three times. Uh, we just went this year, it was in Chicago, and there's every product under the sun. There's lighting, there's mm-hmm. rail options, there's uh, composite decking. Uh, there are just all kinds of things that are available now, new tools and wow. uh, just everything. And so we really try to, to know about those and be able to offer things to our customers uh but this whole segment of the market 
you know, has just grown. I mean, you can remember back in the 70s, if you had a deck at all, it was some little square thing off the back of your house. Right, Now, yeah. Now you've got outdoor kitchens and all these fancy, elaborate things. And, yeah, and that would have never been possible. I no. mean, you wouldn't have not had any... You know, I mean, even even having the, the ambient lighting or right. whatever or whatever around the deck wouldn't have been something that was considered, you know, back whenever we were growing up. And so it really has transformed that whole it, – it's almost like it's made it an extension of the home, yes. you know, to add that mm-hmm. outdoor living space. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people, even with the recession, you know, a lot of people stayed put and made do with their houses that they might have – previously sold or upgraded or something like that. So I can see a lot of people maybe wanting to expand into that outdoor living type area just to make their house more, more livable, you right. know, so to speak. So you yep. make do, I guess, whenever the money gets a little bit tighter. So now with your business um, for metrics or performance indicators, what are you measuring right now to know uh, how you're doing, and, and why do you feel like those metrics are important for you? Well, about all I really have to go on is revenue. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm a, I'm a very small business. You just got to keep in mind, I'm, you know, it's basically I run the business and I have three or four guys working for me. So uh-huh. I, I don't have a lot of marketing research and all that kind of uh-huh. thing that I'm doing, you know. But uh, I, I do see from year to year how we're growing, uh, the the types of decks that we're taking on uh, last year. I mean, I, the the biggest ticket deck I had ever built uh, until three or four years ago was maybe eight or ten thousand dollars or twelve thousand uh-huh. dollars or something. We're building fifty thousand dollar decks. You know, wow. uh, uh, mm. you know, much larger types of projects, and so we just we've seen a continuous increase in the level of responsibility, you know, the kinds of jobs mm-hmm. we're getting. And so that that's all I can really go by to say that we're definitely, te- you know, learning more and expanding. And Well, it's like your game every time you, you know, once you build a $50,000 deck, you can yeah. always build a bigger one. It's like you up your game but, automatically you, by you doing you up, that. You up your game and, uh, and you know, it, it, it brings increased visibility and, uh, you know, yeah, and now let me ask you this: Have you, or do you notice a lot? I know technology is is starting to really come into play with the products that you use um, for building the decks. But are you noticing um, a lot of cost increases, like a lot of other companies have in the last couple of years, where prices just seem to be your cost seems seems to be going through the roof? Oh, absolutely! It every time it was shocking a couple of years ago when it went. Uh, just overnight to a hundred dollars every time I filled up my tank, and I've got uh-huh. two trucks. Got two trucks that cost a hundred dollars every time you roll through the pump, and and now a hundred dollars doesn't fill up my tank. It cuts it off at a hundred dollars, and I'm yes. still you know still at yeah. seven eight three quarters, three quarters yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, I mean the cost increases, the cost increases on materials, and uh, so yeah, it's good everything has gotten more expensive and then we have the additional worries about what's coming for health care and uh i mean right. we've got we've gotten hit just my wife and i this year with very significant increases on what we're going to have to pay for in, in health insurance mm-hmm. and, yeah. uh, and so 
you can't that's, you just can't overlook that stuff. Right. And I was going to say that's a those are very real concerns for, you know, a lot of small business owners now I think you're in a unique position um with your business in that you're quoting a job and then pretty much the you're quoting it right before you do it most of the mm-hmm. time I would imagine. And That's so there's right. not there's not a lot of a a life cycle of that quote isn't very long. Um whereas a lot of other businesses they might, you know, have to publish their pricing in a yes. you know, some way, shape or form and they just can't adjust, you know, to those fluctuations in their cost and so they have to wait till the end of the year and update their pricing and that sort of thing. So um I guess you're lucky that you are in a um, a model where you essentially assess your cost and then build yes. out your quotes. And so every single time you have the opportunity to make any corrections or adjustments for pricing on your cost of goods for that. That's right. so. yeah. mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Are you using social media at all in your business right now? Yes. Uh, uh, we use Facebook. Okay. And, uh, you know, and um, I, I think it's done – it's done fairly well for me. I I haven't uh, been using Facebook that much uh-huh. until until the last year or so. Okay. Uh, but because I've got such a significant website, and that's what I've always tried to mm-hmm. point, pe- point people toward, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what I've always promoted. But yeah, I, I do see that Facebook is a, a good tie-in with that, and that we, you know, we get a good bit of um, eyes looking at our stuff from that. See, Facebook now has the uh, you have the now have the ability to promote right. your, po- your posts, and uh-huh. so I, I've done that three or four times last year, and uh, wow, it's amazing. I mean, you can get in front of people. Have you had good success? Like, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, um, I was going to say though, the interesting thing is that. For a lot of companies, and even like your company, you know, you have you do have a a fantastic website, and, you know, best I've seen in, in of anyone in in the type of industry you're in. Um, but there's also that engagement factor with your customers, and keeping that Facebook is one of those things where you can kind of keep those touches all along the way, or, or people get a little more personal or connected with you. Um, mm-hmm. I know I I tend to like to know. Who you know? I always go to the about page of a website and look, want to see the right. history, and you know, find out. And especially if they say meet our staff, or you know, mm-hmm. those kind. I want to find out what everybody's background is. Mm-hmm. And you know, Facebook is a great way to kind of fill in the cracks, so to speak, of your website or anything that's going on with your business that might change or fluctuate from day to day, week to week, month to month. But you don't necessarily want to go in and do a whole website update, but you just want to say, hey, right. we've got somebody that's a new new employee or, you know, something like that. So it is it is a good um, kind of a good companion, so to speak, to your website, makes you a little more uh, reachable or a little more um, – fluid as far as with what's going on in your business. So I like that you're using that. Are you most of the time um, just using it to, like when you promote a post, would it be uh, like showing a deck or something that you had just finished? Or what type of post would you generally type try to promote? Yeah, it, that, that would be the idea. And actually, I picked up a real good tip at the last deck convention. I went to a okay. social went to a social media seminar with a oh yeah a, a guru type person who really was you know helping people with that. But but they said that if you would uh, phrase your post 
uh, say you put a new picture of a deck out there and you phrase it, how would you like, in quotes, to have a deck like this, that your likes on that will go up just astronomically. If you really? invite, Yeah, if you're inviting people yeah. to like it, you know, how would you like to have this? Or uh-huh. uh, how do you like this, you know? And, uh, and, and sure enough, I've tried that, and it works. That's, people, it's amazing. People will, isn't it? people will hit that like button if you if you mm-hmm. if, you know suggest that they do it. Yes, exactly. It's planting the seed or planting asking the, the seed, question. Right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, in the day to day running of your business, is there any kind of favorite tool that you have as far as um, you know a technology type tool that you have for the running of your business day to day? My iPhone iPhone. You know, you're you're not the only business owner that has said that. So no, it's definitely it is it is my it's everything. It's got my calendar on it. It's got all my contacts on it. Uh, it's got my map in it because see, when I go out and quote a deck, uh, you know, a lot of times I don't know where the street is. I have to put it right. in it, so I, I pop it in there. When I, when a customer call, I was I was awful about, and I still am about you know somebody calls me i'm going down the road in the truck i pull over and write their name on a block of wood well the next guy that gets in the truck throws the block of wood off you know and so i was constantly losing my contacts Uh and i go where did i put that piece of paper and now i am faithful when they call i immediately stop what i'm doing i enter all their information on the phone i put in a little code that tells me when they called Mm-hmm. I know that they called in March of 14, you know. Okay, yeah. And then I can go back and search. At the end of the month, I can go back and search and make sure I contacted everybody I was supposed to contact. And wow. it just, I, I don't know what I would do without it. It's got, wow. I, can, and, I can get apps that have, that, uh, have roof pitches and whatnot. I can design a roof oh, on my phone in wow. just a second, you know. Design a run of stairs. It's uh, amazing. It it really is. I mean, when you think about the the technology um, that has been developed, even just probably even just since you started in 1996. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there wasn't internet going on. I mean, no. for the normal people, we didn't have that going on back then. And um, what you can do now, standing out in the middle of a yard somewhere, not with nothing, no wires connected to anything, and That's yet fine. you can create something right there. It truly and is if amazing. We, and if we had just bought ten thousand dollars worth of Apple stock. We wouldn't even wouldn't even need to worry about that's it. That's right. exactly true. That's funny. <clears throat> but uh, I was going to say, so people that definitely get everything hooked up on their iPhones, they say, I, I really find that I don't have, even have to have anything else. I, I had another yeah. business owner tell me that the other day. He said, I see, I see my numbers. I see everything I need to know, and mm-hmm. that's I can take yep. it anywhere with me. So that's well, great. and I, I take all, I take my photos on an iPad when I go make my presentation and I can, ah. I can flip through and show the customers and that impresses them. They, you know, they don't have to, uh, I'm not flipping through some book or something, you know, and show right. everything. Yeah. And, um, and so I, I, I think we get a lot of work just from our presentation. Definitely. Now, do you, are you the one that goes out and does most of the quoting of your jobs? Or yes. do you have somebody else? Okay, so you do that. Mm-hmm. And then you're actually out there whenever the, the job gets built? Uh, just... Less and less. Uh, I've okay. really got a couple of guys now that uh, need very little guidance. Uh, if it's a complicated mm-hmm. deck, I like to be there to get it, you know, moving Started. in the right direction. And, and uh-huh. then, but, they, but they can handle the, you know, the finishing out. So. Yeah, wow. 
that's great though because the more you can get people to be independent the the easier you can focus on other things that you want to do you know well, it's one business. of the hardest things in the world to turn loose you know yeah <laughs> uh, when, when you when you're the guy that built it or you know and knows all about it then to mm-hmm. train somebody else and actually get out of their way that's the hard part yeah yeah, it is, and it's one of those things that most of the time when you do it, you, um, you, you you do it with a little bit of reservation until that someone proves themselves, and then they're they're going to be okay once you uh, let them go, and you find that you can just gain so much of your time and your schedule back, you know, whenever you can actually relinquish a little bit of that control. But it's hard. It's hard for for every business owner. Well, I think. I, yeah, and I find that when I show up on a job and I start involving myself in it it just really changes the dynamics of what yeah. they've got going on and it messes everything up and it's just yeah. best if i can try to let them do it without absolutely too much and then they're not de- and then they're not dependent on you to get the job done either so exactly that's always a good thing. <laughs> it's always a good thing mm-hmm. So, um, Brian, one of the things I like to ask business owners, because um, I imagine there are probably people listening to this podcast that are um, maybe in the situation you were where they know they're going to walk away from a a paycheck, a regular job, and they want to launch out on their own and they're looking for a niche for their business and so I just always like to ask the business owners I talk to if you found any holes in the market in your area meaning are there products or services that you would love to be able to source locally but you simply can't find them yeah that was a you know I was thinking about that a little bit um, earlier and that's kind of a hard thing I see things all the time that if I were Uh not tied into what I'm doing, uh-huh. uh, I would think, you know, that would be a a good thing to be in. One thing that's going on, as I mentioned earlier, there are so many new products coming into the market all the time. I know what's going mm-hmm. on in my industry, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and I just think there's just humongous opportunities uh, in many fields, whether it's building, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, of course, I think in terms of construction because that's what I do. But right. But uh, I, I know that with all the technology that's out there, if you could find uh, some core, whatever you're interested in, whether it's food service or whatever, mm-hmm. and just do some research on new things that are coming into the market that don't have anybody in and in, in that area in your area that are you know, actually promoting mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I just, I couldn't give any specifics. I could just, I can only say that technology is so dramatically changing in every area that right. there, that there's new things coming along all the time that just need people to champion them, you know, and, Right. Well, and, you know, even some things that are really big and really popular many times, um, they're, they're kind of underserved in the smaller communities. You know, I mean, if you mm-hmm. live in the New Yorks or L.A.s or Chicago's, you know, you can pretty much have access right. to anything. But it's those smaller areas that might not have a specific X, Y, or Z to service that area mm-hmm. or to, you know, be available. And, um, you know, serving the smaller communities is about most of the time what local businesses do. You know, it's it's just building the community, you know, through providing jobs and providing a great uh, and work environment for those local people, and uh, that's that kind of gets to the core of mm-hmm. everything. So I do think some more. A lot of times people might think they're 
a little bit disadvantaged because they don't live in a bigger city and have the mm-hmm. you know larger base to draw from. But it it doesn't really matter if you've got a a niche product or a niche that you can fill with technology that isn't really in your area yet. Which there's I, a ton of that out there. That's right. But I I think also just based on my experience, there's always room for somebody to come along and give excellent customer service. Uh, you can build a business on that. Uh, because there's so many people out there who are just, you know, limping along or, or doing halfway, yeah. and you can read the reviews online to find out that that's mm-hmm. true. Uh, and, and I just think that that's really where uh, any any person can uh, really make something great out of their business is just doing doing more than what the customer expects, mm-hmm. doing extra, you know, really being there, answering the phone. When you know yeah. when, when they when they're when you've messed something up, you know go go back out and fix it. Yeah, and uh, and you know it's it's true that we as a a country have kind of accepted really poor standards of service for so long that it well, has just flown on away. any U.S. airline lately. Oh my <laughs> gosh, it's awful. It's it really is. It's pathetic, and you can't even call it customer service most of the time. With you know what what you get from that. But I have heard several other business owners say it doesn't matter what your industry is. All you've got to do is provide better service than yep. the, than your competitors, and you've got an automatic market built in there. I, so I, I completely believe that. We I, I know that we've seen it. I, I mean, I just kind of got it from my dad. You know, you mm-hmm. just, that that if you know if you broke if you didn't do it the way it should have been done, and it, that you need to do it, and that's just the right way to do things. Right. We've, we've just seen that pay off for us mm-hmm. in such a big way with you know, customer appreciation for, you know, that and, and then mm-hmm. good word of mouth because of that. And so it's not something I ever really consciously set out to do. Right. You it's, know, it's almost that old school mentality, yes. you know, mm-hmm. just, it, you know, you, you, your, your word is your bond and mm-hmm. you do what you say you're going to do and you honor your commitments. And right. so, I definitely think um, people are beginning to appreciate that more and more because we don't see that very often anymore. So I think that's great that you're providing that, and especially in your industry where it can be filled with a little bit of uh, uh, yeah. shadiness. Well, well, I'm sure I'm sure your local news station has the uh, you know has some reporter on there that goes around and. Chases yeah, down the, the investigative the, yeah, the, or the, the right. on your side type reporter. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so there's you, always... you never you never want to be on that. I can tell you, <laughs> not the kind of publicity you no. want, definitely for sure. So, as a business owner that now is approaching 20 years into mm-hmm. your um, entrepreneurial journey, is there anything you can identify that you you know now after all these years of experience, but you really wish you would have known when you started because it might have made your path a little easier? Yeah. Uh... I think for me, one of the things that I've seen, uh, when I first started out, I hired just out of the market. Uh, mm-hmm. And and I got a lot of the kinds of people. And too, back then, when I first started out, I was a sucker for a sob story. And, oh, you, know, okay. you know, you know, I was wanting to help these down, <laughs> down and on outers. your luck. Yeah, yeah these uh-huh. down and outers and give them a job and get them up. Well, my dad has a saying, had a saying, I lost my dad this year, but... But he he said a poor man has poor ways and his poor ways will keep him poor, and uh, there's a lot of wisdom to that. There is, and and there's just some people you can't help. 
And right. but I have found that if you hire people who are, who are, you know, demonstrating that they're they're doing a good job where they are now, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and so I would say in hiring is probably where I started off wrong, and mm-hmm. have made adjustments, and it's really served me well. Uh, now yeah. let me ask you this, Brian, because you mentioned that you tend to hire um, some the the non stereotypical construction worker, mm-hmm. so to speak, for your business. Where have you found a good source for finding people and kind of bringing them into your business and training them? Where do you get well, those guys? Well, they're they all everybody that's working for me is out of my church. And, okay. Uh, see, I and I and they all have kind of come to me. Uh, one one man's a got a wife and four kids, another one on the way. Not the kind of guy to walk off from the job he's doing right. and start something he knows nothing about. Mm-hmm. But but he came to me and he said, you know, you got a place for me? And I said, well, let me pray about this. And, mm-hmm. and uh, But, you know, he has, but he was already a hard worker. I knew that. He was uh, well-respected where he was. Mm-hmm. And, and so I thought, well, he's got the, the intellectual tools, you know, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I can, I can train right. him to build a deck. And, Absolutely. Uh, and so he's he's just been fantastic. And it's just been that kind of a a situation uh, of just hiring people I didn't know mm-hmm. uh, and then training them to do the work. So really, you, you already hiring had knowledge. Hiring on the basis of character more than a, yeah. skills. Yeah, or you, you already knew their reputation. Right. And that... that was the foundation and then you know you you can't train reputation and character no, you can't. i mean no, you, can't. You, you can train deck building to that's most right. people i would imagine but you can't that other stuff you can't train and and that's it's i will tell you in a situation for for most businesses in the hiring process itself that is something that's so hard to assess you know you can't tell from a piece of paper on a resume what somebody's reputation and character is and even when you talk to them many times you're not allowed to ask them the type of questions that would lend themselves to evaluating their character so it, it is you know it's a tough lesson for a lot of business people but that network of personal referrals that you you know like you were saying get them from your church or even it doesn't have to be a church but it could be other organizations when you have people that you know that can speak to the work ethic and the Mm -hmm. character of somebody then they're already going to be a much better employee I think for most businesses than somebody off the street that you're taking a a chance on and you got a 50-50 chance and there might be a high cost with the 50% chance that they don't work out because they could take money or clients or whatever with them and cause you some damage that you can't recover from. That's exactly right. I think that's that's probably mm-hmm. a good lesson for any small business because hiring is difficult no matter where you are. It really is. So, yeah. so I wanted to give you the opportunity. You've been more than generous in sharing so much about your business and giving us a little peek inside what a business uh, like yours is like and how it runs. And so I wanted to give you an opportunity to promote anything going on within your business that we could direct our listeners so that uh, it might give – give you a chance to promote what's going on right there in your area. Well, I'd be glad for them to take a look at my website. It's nicedeck.com, N-I-C-E-D-E-C-K.com. And, uh, you know, that'll tell you a lot about what we do, and and, uh, that's, that's about it. 
So. Okay. Well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, um, in the show notes for this uh, podcast, I will put mm-hmm. all of these links to the places that we've talked about online, um, to your Facebook page, as well as your um website nicedeck.com and um any other places people can find you online well that would be the primary one then it's facebook facebook.com slash nice deck so okay perfect and i was going to say when you get on brian's website you'll you'll see um he's uh his decks are not only are they beautiful but they've been featured with some uh some yellowwood commercials haven't they that's right we've been on yellowwood commercials we've been featured on the covers of magazines. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of, I, you mentioned social media. I didn't even think about this, but uh, Howl's, are you familiar with the site? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, we've got. Like the, we, the Z, one with the Z? Right, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so there's so many things like that even that are coming along now uh, mm-hmm. that are just going to change everything. Uh, we have work right. on Howl's. And uh, it's a good, that's a fantastic forum uh, to promote your work if you're in a building, if you're in a business like mine. Wow, yeah. And, of course, me having the background in public public relations and whatnot, one of my uh, abilities was photography. Well, so that that helps me a lot, and that's why my website does look a little bit better than the average building probably. Yeah, exactly. well, you've you've done a great job with it, and I know it's not easy to fit that in and juggle, you know, doing the quotes and doing the mm-hmm. managing the teams and, you know, being being the jack-of-all-trades for your business. So um, my hat's off to you for getting the, the website, uh, the public face of your business. You know, the rest of us, as we're sitting in our homes surfing the net trying to find <laughs> out what to do with our backyards, um, it definitely gives a good repu- well, uh, reputation. Well, I, re- I really appreciate what you're doing and promoting local business and uh, giving us a chance to share ideas with each other. And I I think this is a fantastic idea. Well, I appreciate that. I, I definitely uh, think there's plenty of people out there that are passionate about local businesses, and if we can kind of pull our resources together and promote awareness, and not just that, but you know, telling the story behind your business gives it a face and gives people an appreciation for it that they might not have just by looking at your website. So we definitely want to get the word out because we know there's lots of good local going on, and it's mm-hmm. just they're not always going to be the ones that are in your face, and you know buying up all the advertising on television. So our goal is to get get the word out about any small businesses and try to try to get you a little bit more uh, press and a little more uh, visibility than you would normally have. So we definitely um, are excited about doing that. So um, like I say, I'm going to link up to everything in the show notes that we have. And so um, at the same time, um, if there's any other things that you uh, think of you need to uh, share with us, you know, please feel free. And uh, I will go ahead and put these these on there. So if people need to get in touch with you, they probably the most immediate way is to either do a contact on your website or a Facebook message or something like that, right? That's right. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I'll link up to that. And Brian, thank you so much. It's just been an honor talking to you and hearing about your business and your journey and your values with what your uh, your products that you're putting out. And I just I couldn't be more honored to actually have spent the time talking to you tonight. Thank you very much. We surely enjoyed talking to you, too. 
Localist, I need your help. If you've appreciated this podcast today, I need you to go to iTunes, leave a rating, leave a review, tell us what you think about the podcast. It is so important for us to expand our reach to be able to have those iTunes ratings and reviews. That way, other people can find us much easier whenever they're looking for things about local brick and mortar businesses. So go to iTunes, leave us a review, leave us a rating. You cannot imagine how important it is to us. You can find show notes to everything we discussed in this podcast on our website. So go there. It's www.brickandmortarreporter.com. You can see all the links to anything we discussed. And also you can leave us any comments or any questions that you have. It's the best way to get in touch with us. Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.